<clears throat> well, we are in a series on prayer, and it has really impacted my life. And uh, this is the fifth message, and I just want to—I want to tell you this series is changing my life. It really is. I, I hope it's touching you uh, and making a difference in your life. I, I find myself praying now more than ever before in my life. I find myself thinking about prayer all day long. And, and when I start thinking about it, I go into prayer. And I find myself praying before I pray. And then when I pray, and then I find myself praying after I pray. It, it, it is, it, it's amazing. It, it really is. And now sometimes I say amen, but I'm learning through this whole series that amen does not mean the conversation is over. Amen just means so be it. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I believe you. I trust you. I worship you. But the conversation is not over. It is to be ongoing. It is to be a relationship. It is to be communion. It is to be fellowship. And I tell you, when you when you do that, oh, man, it is just amazing. I'm finding myself right now with a greater sense of calm and faith and trust and assurance than I've ever had in my life. It's, and by the way, there's an added blessing. There really is an added blessing if you think about prayer and you exercise prayer and you do that all day long and that becomes a way of life with you. Here's the added blessing. The Bible says that God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on him. And when you when you're focused on the Lord all day long, I, I'm sorry, but CNN. No. Fox News. No. I, I, I pray for America. I pray for our politicians. But I got to tell you, keep your mind on him. Keep your gaze and your focus on heaven above. It really makes all the difference in the world. And while I'm saying this, I want you to understand that God does not want an appointment with you. I'm sorry, but he doesn't. God doesn't want an appointment with you. God doesn't want you to meet with him at a certain time every day. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but that's not all of what God wants. Uh, God, God doesn't want that. God wants you. Now, should you have appointments? Absolutely. Should you set aside times of prayer? Absolutely. Should there be times of deep prayer and fasting? Yes. But I want you to know you can get up and pray every day. You can set aside a moment every day and pray and walk out of that prayer and miss God. God wants you 24-7. God wants you all the time. God wants your ear. And he's willing to give you his ear. Oh, I'm telling you. That's what God wants. Uh, years ago, many of you remember the Brownsville revival. And man, that was, that was crazy. You think we're crazy around here. Man, it was sure enough crazy there. And I went over under duress. I didn't really want to go. And uh, several people had invited me. And then I felt like the Lord wanted me to go so I could go over there and prove them wrong and tell them what, was, what all was wrong with what God was doing. So I went over, and after the service, they started praying for people. 
And Steve Hill, the evangelist, for some five years over there, may have been longer than that, walked up to me, and he put his hands on me and started praying for me. And I had seen those people fall out on the floor. That was not going to happen to me. I mean, I locked in. I got in. Bring it on. Bring it on. I got this. I got this. And I tell you, he prayed for me. And in just a few moments, it was like, whoo. I didn't know what hit me. I actually thought I was sick to start with. I thought, uh, I'm, and, and then I end up on the floor. And then I decided I'd get up. And that didn't work. And I remember being on that floor. It's one of the most memorable moments of my life. I remember being on that floor. And it was somewhere in there I realized I'm having an epiphany. I'm having a God encounter. I, I felt like I was somewhere between a physical world and a spiritual world. I, I, there were times I felt like I was floating. Uh, one of the things that amazed me is when I got back to the church, I was telling some people, I said, I was on the floor for a few minutes. And some of the folks that were with me just laughed. They said, you were on the floor for 45 minutes. It was like time got suspended. And I was there and I knew I was in the presence of the Lord. And I'll never forget. This is how elementary I was at that moment in my life. I said, Lord, if you'll just tell me what to do, I'll make a commitment. Is there anybody in the house? I, 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 hope, I hope we can straighten something out right now. Is there anybody in the house who thinks God is happy when you make a commitment? Because he knows what's in man. He knows what's in us. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to confess. I am a lousy commitment keeper. I don't do well in that area. Lord, just tell me. Just point it out to me, Lord. Just show me what you want me to do and I'll make a commitment. And I heard the voice of the Lord like I'd never heard it before. And this is what he said. I don't want a commitment out of you. I want you. There's a difference. Oh, friends, uh, the prayer life we're talking about right now is, is something. It's not something you do every now and then. It's not even something you do on a regular basis during the day. Or, or once every day, the kind of prayer life we're talking about, this journey into powerful prayer, this is about stepping in to a whole new relationship, a whole new world, a whole new lifestyle, where at the center of your world, there's God. And you're talking to him all day long. You're walking with him. Uh, he's fellowshipping with you. You're hearing him and he's hearing you. That's the kind of prayer we're talking about. Now, friends, don't get me wrong. I'm not against. If you're getting up at five o'clock in the morning and praying for an hour, please don't stop. Pray that I'll get that discipline in my life. Uh, 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 but whenever you pray, I pray better in the evenings. Some people pray better in the mornings. Uh, don't stop that. But understand that does not allow you to spend time with God and then leave God and go do whatever else you do. No, no. Th this is about prayer and the importance of prayer. Um, I I've been studying for years some of the great men and women of God uh, who wrote about prayer. Listen to some of these. John Wesley said, God does nothing but by prayer and everything with it. When God moves, he moves in prayer. 
Oswald Chambers said, prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. You, you win the battle in prayer. I heard somebody say, when you get on your knees, you win the battle. And then you get up and collect the spoils of war. You just see what God has done. Ian Bounds says, prayer honors God, acknowledges his being, exalts his power, adores his providence, and secures his aid. Man, prayer is so important. Andrew Murray said, prayer is not a monologue, but a dialogue. God's voice is its most essential part. Listening to God's voice is the secret of the assurance that he will listen to mine. And then, E.M. Bounds, this is one of my favorite. What the church needs today is not more uh, machinery or better, not new organizations or more and novel methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use. Men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men, men of prayer. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Oh, I tell you, you want to turn a church around? You want to impact a community? You want to change your family? You want to change it? You have to pray. You have to pray. One more quote. Ian Bounds says, prayer is the easiest and the hardest of all things, the simplest and the sublimest, the weakest and the most powerful. Its results lie outside the range of human possibilities. They are limited only by the omnipotence of God. I agree with Ian Bounds. Let me tell you, prayer is easy, but it's also hard. Prayer is simple, but it's also deep. It's profound. Uh, it's complicated. It's complicated. In fact, uh, on one hand, prayer is so easy and so simple that a four-year-old can walk right into the throne room of grace and get God's attention and get answers to prayer. And at the same time, somebody who's been walking with God for 40 years can all of a sudden find themselves stuck, struggling, a difficulty in prayer itself, feeling a million miles away from God, knowing something is wrong. Have you ever been carrying on a conversation with someone and you ask them a question and they say it's complicated? Ah, it's, it's complicated. Well, sometimes I understand people are just brushing you off and they don't want to give you an answer and that's okay. They don't have to. But some things in life are truly complicated. They're, they're deep. They're hard to explain. They're hard to understand. And this may surprise you, but prayer is complicated. It's not that simple. Listen, the next time somebody walks up to you and says, I got a problem, you may want to think twice before you say, well, just pray about it. Just pray about it. By the way, people who don't even know our God, people who don't even know about Jesus, pray. Don't just simply say, just pray about it. You see, the journey into powerful prayer will take you right through. If you take this journey, it will take you right through the heart of Scripture and right through the heart of the Bible. And the Bible will be giving you instructions every step of the way. Oh, friends, Amen. I believe with all my heart 
that there is no such thing as a prayer warrior who is not a devout student of God's word. They go hand in hand. If you're going to pray, you got to do it God's way. If you're going to pray, you have to follow God's standards. You have to follow his instructions. You know, I'm getting to be an old man. And technology is just way past me. But there's some things about technology I like. Let me tell you something about technology I like. I would have never, I would have never dreamed something like this could happen. But I get in my car. I have my iPhone. I do not text when I drive. Forgive me, Lord. I'm not going to text anymore when I drive. (laughs) I see that black truck. I'm going to get off the road here a little bit. I, I have my iPad with me. And I say out loud, give me directions to, and I just call out the place. And then this voice starts leading me and guiding me every step of the way. 10 miles down the road, you'll take a right. And then a few miles later, you're going to take a left. And you just follow those instructions. Takes you right where you want to go. Man, GPS is amazing, isn't it? Every now and then, I get a little distracted. Not paying attention. Not even listening to the voice that's leading me. And I will hear this. At the next stop, take a (laughs) U-turn. This beautiful technology. And I'm not even listening. At the next stop... Take a U-turn. I get it. Now, my computer is not saying that to me, but I can tell you I actually get it. You, you were not listening. You missed the turn. You, you have to go back. I'll lead you back. I'll guide you back. And then you go back and you get on the right path. Friends, can I tell you that with God, if you really want to walk with God, you got to get into the scriptures and you got to do what the Bible tells you to do. You, you can't just pray. I, I'm not telling you not to pray. I'm just telling you there's more to prayer than that. You, if, if you want to take the journey into a place of powerful prayer, then this is what you have to do. You have to get in the word of God and you have to allow the word of God to guide you and lead you step by step. I want to encourage you to do that. I, I, it is so very important. And by the way, nobody else can do that study for you. You have to let teachers and preachers minister to you, but you have to get in your own Bible. You you have to start reading it and you have to start doing what the word of God says. Those are the instructions. Um, let me let me give you uh, some examples. Now, there are dozens and dozens of these in the Bible. But if I were to ask you how many of you want your uh, prayer life to be powerful, you'd raise your hand. How many of you want to find a place of powerful prayer where you can actually bring heaven down to earth, where you can impact your own family, your own finances, your own business, your relationships? You'd say, yes, we all do. But are we willing to get in the word and do what God's word says? 
Example. If you want your prayer life to work, you have to forgive. I'm sorry, you, you can't ignore that. You have to forgive. Every now and then somebody will ask me uh, if I know what the unpardonable sin is. And to be honest with you, I don't. I'm confused with that. But this is what I tell people. But this is what I am sure of. There is no forgiveness for those who will not forgive. It's just no forgiveness. Jesus said, if you will not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly father forgive you your trespasses. Unforgiveness separates us from a relationship with the Lord. Your prayer life will not work if you have unforgiveness in your heart. So here you are. uh, Just think about having your Bible and you're reading your Bible and you want your prayer life to work. And all of a sudden your Bible says, take a right. On Forgiveness Avenue. Between where you are and where I am, there's an avenue called Forgiveness Avenue. You have to go down Forgiveness Avenue. And when you get there, don't be in a hurry. Make sure you forgive everybody. Make sure you wipe the slate clean. Make sure you get rid of all the bitterness. All the resentment. Has nothing to do with whether or not They are worthy of your forgiveness. It has to do with whether or not you want to get to where God is. That's the truth. And you and you go down forgiveness Avenue. Until you get it all done. You just go through a catharsis. You go through a cleansing. You you get it right. Listen, sometimes wives live with husbands for years with unforgiveness in their heart. And excuse me, guys, but your husband may be a dirtbag. But that has nothing to do. You have to forgive him. And, 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 I, and I tell you, husbands will resent their wives. We have to get rid of the resentment. We have to get rid of the unforgiveness. We have to forgive. It is a requirement according to the scriptures. The journey from where you are to where God is has an avenue between it called Forgiveness Avenue. You gotta forgive people. Now, I know some people, I'm honestly, I, I can tell you, I know some people, I'm not making this up, who have decided they want to get to God. They sound so spiritual, so religious, so holy, so godly. They, ha- they, they know the language of Zion, they know it all. But when the Bible said, turn down Forgiveness Avenue, they decided to keep going. Ah. Oh. I don't want to do that. They decide they want another way to God. There is no other way to God. It is a biblical truth and principle that you cannot bypass. But I can tell you what, if you'll get in your Bible, if you'll pray, if you'll get sensitive to the Holy Spirit, what the, what the word of God will say to you and the spirit of the Lord will say to you is do a U-turn. Go back. Let's get this thing straight. Isn't it amazing? How merciful our God is. Even though we failed him a thousand times, he'll say, okay, let's go get it right. And God will begin to lead you. And, and, and it is absolutely amazing. Here's, here's another one. Faith and believing. If you want your prayer life to work, you have to have faith. You have to believe. In the book of James, it tells us that if a man prays and he doesn't have faith and he doesn't believe... Uh, the scripture tells us 
let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. It's actually talking about wisdom in the context, but then it broadens to say, don't, don't think you're ever going to get anything from God unless you actually believe. Un- unless you have faith. You have to believe and have faith. And a lot of us will say this. We'll say, well, that one's easy. That one's easy. <clears throat> if all I have to do is believe and have faith, I got that one. Are you sure? Are you sure? Because I think it's complicated. How about this? When the person you love walks out on you and never comes back. Is it easy to believe and have faith then? What if the doctor walks in and says you have cancer? Is it easy? Is that easy believism right there? Oh, friends. What if your boss calls you into his office and says we're cutting back? I'm going to have to let you go. Is it easy to have faith then? Is it easy to believe then? What if there's a knock on the door and you open the door and there's an officer there and he says there's been an accident? Is it easy? You see, I'm convinced that faith and believing, not like the Bible talks about, I don't think it's easy at all. I believe with all my heart that every step of the way there's a real enemy fighting against your belief, uh, fighting against your faith, fighting against you to divert you and to get your attention away from God. That's not easy. Are, are you beginning to understand that prayer is complicated? If you want your prayers to work, you have to forgive people. And I mean really forgive them with no but on the end of it. I forgive them but. No. Uh, You have to have faith. You have to have faith when everything's down. You have to have faith when you're facing the impossible. You you have to believe God is faithful. And I want to tell you that's hard. That's not simple. That's deep. That's profound. That's complicated. But I want to tell you God's word has never instructed us to do anything that he wouldn't help us do if we truly turn to him. Oh, friends. Faith and believing. Here's another one. Listening. Listening. If you want God to listen to you, you have to listen to him. And it should be just common sense. Have you ever talked to somebody and right in the middle of the conversation, you realize they're not listening to a word you're saying? Maybe they're looking at their phone or maybe they're looking over your shoulder or maybe they're looking elsewhere. And I'm sure we've all done it. So we don't want to point our fingers at anybody. But you're talking to somebody who's not listening to a word you've said. I, I, let me tell you what I do not do in that situation. I do not reach up and put my hands on their face and pull them in and look in their eyes and say, Listen to me. And I hope you don't do that either. But I'll tell you what I do do. When I'm talking to somebody like that. And I realize they're not listening to a word I'm saying. I politely look for an exit. Don't look so righteous. You know what I'm talking about. 
I look for a way out of that conversation. I look to get away. And I slip away and I try to do it where I'm not offensive. I will not stay in a conversation very long when the person is not listening to me. Child of God, listen to me. God will not stay in a conversation with you if you're not listening to him. You, you have to listen. You have to hear his voice repeatedly. It's one of the most repeated truths in the Bible that I've found on the subject of prayer where God says, I called out to them and they didn't listen to me. When they call out to me, I won't listen to them. You, you've got you've to respond. You've got to listen. Are you beginning to understand? I, you say, well, this is too complicated. No, it's not. It is a breakthrough. It is the most powerful thing that can happen in your life is when you get in God's word and your prayer life is backed up by the, the principles of God. You're doing what God's word says. Let me give you one more. And we should all know this, but sin, just sin in general, because we, we know that we have something in our lives that's not lining up with God. And, and the Bible says if we regard iniquity in our hearts, God will not hear us. So we have sin in our lives and we pray. Rather than dealing with the sin, we pray. And I'm not, I'm not anti-prayer. I think we need to do a lot more of it. But if you've got sin in your life, if there's something in your life that shouldn't be there, and you're acting like it's okay when it's not okay, that's disrespectful to the standards of God. That's saying, God, I'm going to ignore what you're saying to me about this sin, but I want you to listen to me about what I'm asking you for. It doesn't work. You know, for years I've had something that... Uh, takes place every now and then and we welcome new families into the church and you don't you don't know the the family dynamics and how they're raising their children and we're not judgmental we just love them try to show them the truth but one of the things that has happened through the years is every now and then some little toddler come into this church with their family and I never say anything to the parents, but some little toddler come into this church and I'll walk by and they'll say, hey, Henry. Mm. I, I, I'm old fashioned. Uh, listen, you can change with the times if you want to, but I, <clears throat> but I still believe that children ought to respect adults. Don't you? I was raised to say yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and thank you, and please. I was raised that when you're sitting at a table and a woman comes to the table, gentlemen, listen to me, you stand up. That, the, whatever happened to respect and common courtesy? Whatever happened to teaching our children? But I understand we come from all different backgrounds. I never say anything to the parents, but this is what they do the first time a child says to me, hey, Henry, can I talk to you? I'll say, yeah, you can talk to me, but you don't call me Henry. You can call me pastor. You can call me brother Henry. You can call me Mr. Henry. 
even though I don't prefer that one? You can call me pastor. Do you understand? They always go, yes, sir. I understand. And it won't be long. Happens over and over. Uh, Through the years, I'll walk by, and this little one, I'll, I'll, I'll be walking, and this little one will say, hey, Henry. 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 Pastor. Oh. You want to talk to me? And I tell you, I break them from doing that. Because it's disrespectful. And if a child will disrespect their elders, there's a tendency to disrespect the authority and the sovereignty of God. And and so I I just correct them. Can I tell you something, friends? If, If you've got sin in your life, And you're a Christian. That's disrespectful of your father. You you know what the word says. Now, every now and then somebody will say to me, they'll say, well, pastor. Pastor, I've prayed about it. You're not going to believe this. I've had people. I said, that is a sin. And I've had them to say, pastor, I've prayed about it. And God has told me it's okay. He understands my situation. My situation is unique. No, it's not. And God has not given you a a special exemption. The word of God stands. And I can tell you, you, when, when you disrespect God to the point that you're holding on to some sin, you'll keep saying, Father, 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 and he hears you. But he doesn't hear you because you've separated yourself from him. Oh, I got to hurry. All right. How many of you have noticed I have not read one scripture? (laughs) Scripture always helps a message. James 4, 6, but he gives more grace. Could we just stop there for about an hour? Grace. Grace is unmerited favor. Grace is the favor of God. Grace is God giving you what you don't deserve. Grace is God bringing you into himself and doing with you and blessing you. Because he loves you and you love him because you're receiving it. But he gives more grace. Do you see that? The moment you got saved, you had to have, there was grace bestowed upon your life. You can't get saved without grace. But did you know there's more grace? And the way you get more grace is this way. He gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Oh, to the humble. You you see, we humble ourselves. This This is a spiritual GPS instruction. If you want more grace, if you want God to bless your life, you have to humble yourself. In the book of Matthew, it says, whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. He that exalts himself will be abased. This is, this is what I call the inverted correlation of the kingdom of God. If, if you want to go up with God, you have to go down in humility. By the way, it's all through the Bible, isn't it? If you want to live, you have to what? You have to die. If you want to receive, you have to what? You have to give. You see, our world 
is, is all messed up. God's ways are not like our ways. Very quickly, I want you to listen to me. And I'm going to just focus on this. I hope you'll focus on all of these things, and there are many, many more. We'll look at some of them in the days to come. But I dare you to pray this prayer. I dare you to pray this prayer. Pray a prayer like this. Lord, you don't have to say it exactly like I'm saying it. Lord, show me where I need to humble myself and help me do it. Lord, show me where I need to humble myself and help me do it. If you'll pray that prayer, God will help you. And God will bless you. And you'll see your prayer life change radically. Would you bow with me in prayer? With your heads bowed, your eyes closed. Father, would you bless us today? Would you put your hand of mercy and grace on us? Lord, we're asking not just for grace, but we're asking for more grace. Lord, we're willing to humble ourselves. Lord, I remember a time when this church would fall uh, at the altar on our faces before you. Oh, bring us back to those days, Lord. Bring us back to those days. Lord, we ask now that you would, uh, as we go into this holiday season, Lord, that you would show us where and how to humble ourselves and to represent you properly. We ask this. In Jesus' name.